Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of the Slow Home Podcast. The golden anniversary episode. Happy golden anniversary. It's um, good to grow old with you. Oh, lovely. <laughs> That's right, you're old. <laughs> nice to see you too, you big jerk. Exactly. How are you going? Good, good. These episodes are really sneaking up on us now that we're doing two a, two a week. They are, yeah. They, yeah, they? yeah they I can't are. believe it's fifty. It's um, yeah. It's well, it's not even a year. We're not a year in yet. It won't be a year until April, yeah. the end of April. So it's going quick. I hope you guys continue to enjoy it as much as we continue to enjoy actually sitting here and talking to you. Amazing, amazing that they are. That they that they're still enjoying it. That I'm still talking to you. So we've got a cracking episode for you today. We for do episode fifty because. It's all about us. It's another host world. And there's nothing that we like more than talking about ourselves. Exactly. exactly. That's not true. We have a whole heap of questions from you guys to answer today. So it will be nice. I mean, I know we do the, the experiment shows every Monday, but it kind of feels like it's been a while since we've done a mm. like a hosts only show, which is not true. It's only oh, it's been a month and a half or so. The floodgates will open yes. and we will we will talk about Everything. We'll we'll talk about the things that you guys have asked us, asked us on email and Twitter. Yes, everything that uh, that you would like to know. If you do have a question, though, you know that you can always hit us up on Twitter uh, or on Facebook. On Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery and Ben's. I can't be bothered explaining how to spell it, so you can at just Beno zero underscore MC. See, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Go to my Twitter. You'll find me linking to him all the time. Yeah. That's why I've got 30 followers. <laughs> Social media superstar. Um, but you can always hit us up on, on Twitter or Facebook and ask any burning questions that you have, anything that you want to know about slow living or you know our experiences with slowing down and simplifying what we're getting right and more entertainingly what we're getting wrong, which is a significant number of things every day. So it's... um. Yeah, I always like getting getting your questions. Please continue to ask them. Slowyourhome.com forward slash 50 for all the show notes to this podcast. Not sure what they'll be. Maybe just a picture of us. Just photos of us. And if you'd like to support the show further, please visit patreon.com forward slash Slow. I always get that. I always struggle with that one. It's just forward slash slow. And a big thanks to our recent patrons. Patrons. We've got uh, Anna and Kate and Rudolph. Big thank you guys for uh, continuing to support our little, well, not so little anymore, POG past. Yes, we're very, we are very, very grateful. Um, you know, the fact that you guys are, are happy to contribute financially every month means that we can pay for hosting and things like that. And it just it just means a lot to us that you would be willing to do that. So thank you very much from um, from both of us for, for doing that. Without any more to do, any further I ado. To you. And you and you and you. Let's get into it. Let's get into it.
So the first question that we are going to, to answer is actually one for you, Benny. Yes. Love knobs, McCallery. <laughs> That's the last time I'll say it. Um, Sue on Twitter has actually asked to to check in with you. She's asked, how has Ben adjusting to this life change? Um, and for, for those of you who might not understand what the life change life is. Life change? Jesus, no, no, no. What, wrong. <laughs> what Ben's current life change is he decided over the Christmas holidays to... We decided. Sorry, yes, but it was your job that, that you quit. So Ben... Uh, resigned from his full-time job and we started a media company together and that was about six weeks ago so sue has asked how's been adjusting to this life change i no commute his new endeavors and um yeah how are you how are you adjusting uh, we've had a few questions like this actually on, on the socials um yeah how are you finding the change to self-employment what are the challenges challenges what are the benefits do you enjoy the no commute Firstly, I've got to say that I'm still commuting. You are, yes, you are, but it's not. Um, you're not working full days in the city, yeah. but but it's, you are still commuting. It's yes. not on on anyone else's agenda. It's on my own agenda, which is very very liberating. But the simple fact is, I've got to commute from about an hour and a half uh, each way to where my clients are. And I've been going into the city sort of every second day instead of every day. So that has been very nice to be able to work from home during that during that otherwise time I'd be commuting. So I'm I'm being a it's a very mindful freedom, if you like, of not being not having to commute. And I'll often be changing uh, meetings to to teleconferences wherever possible. You've done heaps more teleconferencing yeah. which is awesome yeah. i mean this is the thing in terms of like broader slow living i i'm all for people working from home or having the flexibility you know a meeting doesn't need to be sitting around a conference room table or sitting in a coffee shop face to face and i think it's so uh in like in some in some dated. instances it's really dated there are times yes where sitting down face to face is is helpful but I do think that there are so many instances and you've experienced this just in the last six weeks. You get stuff done regardless of whether or not you're sitting in front of the person or not. Mm. And it's time that people adopt that. I really I really think that. I agree. And what I haven't enjoyed is when I have had to go in for a meeting um, and I'm on my way in on the train and then it gets cancelled <laughs> as I'm approaching the destination. So I've... Of, um, look, the thing is it's not wasted on the train because I'm able to get on my laptop So, and I always have done that. So that is, that is you know, a positive. Hopefully, as the weeks and months go past, it will change and I'll have less and less meetings in the city. But at the moment, because we're a new company, as six weeks old or whatever it is, um, there's a lot of business development going on. There is, yeah. And, and- you know, we, we need to not only do business development, but we also need to make enough money to be self-sufficient mm. over this time. So it is a bit of a balancing act and it's, I think, tested both our limits in terms of uh, a slow and conscious, mindful way to live. What do you? What's your comment on that? For me, it really has been very testing the last six, six weeks and I felt like I haven't really been practising what we've been preaching on this podcast. 
So two things, we don't preach. Second thing, should we cut that out? Not now. <laughs> the second I say we need to cut that out, you're like, nope. Yep. It's really interesting, actually. I think that you would not be coping in the way that you are if we weren't mindful of our time and our energy. So you're saying you, you've been tested. Absolutely. It's been full on. Yeah. Because we're in this building stage, because we're actively trying to engage new clients, but we're really loath to say no to any work because this period is crucial in setting up a foundation of, you know, financial stability, but also having a really good group of clients to work with from here on out that we, we've really, really engaged with everything that's come our way. And that's fine. It's important for us to both acknowledge that that's not always going to be the case, mm-hmm. I think. Yep. But if we hadn't spent the last few years slowly adopting, you know, slow living principles and simplifying our home and uh, in a practical sense, simplifying our needs, like our needs are very simple now. We don't spend a lot of money on stuff. We don't eat out all the time. We don't waste money. So our budget has shrunk a lot, which has given us more wiggle room. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. So I yeah. think that if, yeah, yes, you're being tested and we're working more hours yes. than we would have been if you were still working at your other job because yes. I'm basically working full-time alongside you at the moment. Uh, admittedly, I'm doing it at home, so it looks different for me. Mm. But if we weren't mindful if we weren't keeping in in our in the forefront of our minds our priorities which is family which is you know spending quality time together that kind of stuff we would be throwing ourselves into unnecessary ventures yeah and i think that's been one of our saving graces like yes we're working at night once the kids have gone to bed we might work for a couple of hours most evenings Mm -hmm. partly it feels easier because it's for us so, you know, you're willing to push yourself further when it's it's benefiting our own company. But the other part is we know that this is a season. Like this is not going to be the new normal. I agree. I, I, I agree with all of that. Um, and it is it is new. So we're, we're, we're just working it out as we go. And that's the fun and scary part of it. It's going to take us some time to figure out our new rhythms and what that looks like and how that how it best works for us and our family and our goals as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like I was in such a routine over the past seven years, basically working the same job for the, over that time that I've really enjoyed the flexibility more than anything. I love Being, the flexibility. Oh, the flexibility is amazing. Um, and to be around you and the kids more and being able to, you know, picking up, pick up the kids. And it has been a huge lifestyle choice. Now, people have also written in and said, how have you done it? Like, have you come into this money? You know, have you won lotto? <laughs> um, you know, the fact of the matter is we've got a mortgage, just like totally. m- most people. Um, we've got quite a large mortgage, you know, living in, in Sydney is, is not cheap at all. So we've got an above average mortgage for for people that live in sydney and you know that's that's i guess the the you know the 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 issue that we're all sort of experiencing so it just means more flexibility which which is really what we've been after one of the other real big changes for me is being always on yeah okay let's talk about this for a bit 
So not only always on in terms of my business brain, but I feel like now that I'm around the kids more and more, that is that is always on as well. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about this this morning, really. It's it's a completely new experience for you to be at home during the getting ready for school and you know, um lunches and homework kind of stuff. Arsenic hour. Well, yeah, before and after school. <laughs> so you're right. And I hadn't actually thought about that. That's a different kind of being on for you. Mm. Not only being self-employed, there is always something else to do. Always. And that's another benefit, I think. That's another area that you possibly would struggle with if it wasn't for our previous kind of awareness of slowing down and saying no and, you know, turning yeah. off yeah. because there is always something to do. Like never oh. will you get to the end of the work. A project. No, no. it just is because there's then there's something else to come in and there's always another way that you can improve, another person you can talk to, another, you know, meeting to schedule, another, another, another. Yes. I think the fact that we are aware of that and say, actually, now we stop. Now we turn off the computer. Now we go and watch a movie. Now we go for a drive. Now we we have that skill mm. or that awareness. Mm. But then, so on top of that, you then also have the constant, you're constantly almost in the thick of the home stuff too. And that's a whole new, whole new area for you. Big time. I was actually talking to my chiropractor about this yesterday. So he's a small business owner and he said... He hasn't had a holiday for three years. I never want that to happen and it's not going to happen. But he's saying that he needs to have $12,000 in reserve before he even walks out the door. So that's on top of what the actual holiday would cost him. So to be a slave to your business, I think would be very hard as a, as a small business owner and you know, I, I, it's just interesting that he's saying that he's even because he's a chiropractor, he, he needs to be where his clients are. Yeah. We've got the luxury a little bit at the moment and hopefully more that we don't have to have that geographical closeness to our clients. Sure. I mean, look, I think it depends what your objectives are. Mm. It really does. Mm. For us, that is a huge part of it. What I mean, look, what we would love to do is to be able to take our, our business anywhere in the world and have the freedom to travel because that's a priority for us. We love travel and we mm. would do it all the time if we could. Mm. Other people don't don't feel the same way as that. So I think it depends what your objectives are and it depends what your business model is and depends what your work is. I totally – what I'm trying to say is that always on piece. Like you are – even when – so when we're on – we go on holidays in a month's time, I will be sort of on as well. So I'll, I'll still need to be – monitoring yes. and, and being active whereas with before, the business. With, whereas before as an employee, it's it's go away, you know, out of office emails and, you know, that, that's – so that's going to be a big change I think, mm. just being always on and then being able to recognise that and then take and being, being mindful about slowing down. Because there so, are things we can do to yeah. minimise that for you. Definitely. But I'm just – that's going to be a big challenge. Sure. Okay. Anyway, overall, I think so far so good. Um, we are going to. We've always said that we're going to give it twelve months to see how it goes, and hopefully, it's going going to go from strength to strength. For me, it's been better than I could have imagined so far. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we were very nervous, of course, before we made the leap and understandably so. But I, I feel like it's it's been an incredibly good move for us at this point. I agree. I'm finding it challenging uh, in a different way because mm-hmm. the kids are both now at school. For the, so, for the first time, I've got no one at home during, you know, nine to three. So, I'm pretty much working full-time alongside you and then juggling house stuff as well. So, that is different for me. Uh, I've always – I've worked in some capacity for the last few years, but it's been very much part-time and very much project-based stuff. This is a bit different. Um, so, for me, I'm, I'm really having to remind myself of the idea of tilting. I'm tilting – into whatever needs my attention at the time that it needs it. And I find that really helpful because I'm still running the house and you know doing the majority of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're home more and you are helping when you can, but the reality is you are in the city still quite a few days of the week and tilting has been my saviour. So, uh, you know, sometimes slow living for me because, because people are saying it doesn't sound very slow, running your own business – uh, does not sound slow, particularly the way you guys talk about it. And I disagree. I think that it absolutely can be. But for me, it's more about <laughs> ignoring what hashtag slow living looks like. Yeah. You, you know, hashtag slow living on Instagram looks like everyone wears color coordinated clothes in different beige tones and, you know, walks around <laughs> making their own bread <laughs> while doing yoga. That's what slow living I would love like. to see someone walking around kneading bread in their hands. <laughs> but mindfully wandering barefoot through the bush yeah. while making bread. Yeah. Like, hashtag slow living is really lovely. It's really inspirational, but it's not real. It's not real. No. It's not real. For me, hash, uh, for me, slow living sometimes looks like having an unvacuumed floor and answered emails. And sometimes it looks like unanswered emails and watching a movie with the kids or going for a bushwalk while not kneading bread or doing yoga. You know, it's it's about tilting into where my energies need to go in that moment yep. and understanding that I can't be across everything at every moment of every day. You, it's just not possible. And I think we do ourselves a massive disservice when we try to, when we try to have everything checked off all the time and be just nailing life across the board. It doesn't in my experience, it doesn't happen like that. It doesn't work like that. So slow living and self-employment or slow living and hectic work life, slow living and hectic home life, they can go together. It's just about choosing where you put your energy. Nice. Thanks. Very good. The next question comes through via email by Jonna who asks, I was looking for leather shoes online for my kids, but the perks of being able to buy quality shoes from Italy or France was quickly trumped by the overwhelming amount of options. Anxiety set in and I was worrying myself sick over finding the best of the best when good enough would suffice. Instead of just, instead of being a bonus, the options were paralyzing. They are just shoes. Um, in your experience, uh, do you experience this or how do you get around this desire for the best? It's a good question actually because I think as people start to slow down and simplify, they they buy less, which is great. That's a good move and I think something that most of us need to engage with. But we then put pressure on ourselves to make sure the things that we do bring in are of good quality and will last. Again, nothing wrong with that. 
but it's when we lose perspective on it, I think, that the problems arise. So I think the first thing to keep in mind is basically what Jonna has said in her in her question, understanding that they are just shoes. Uh, and I think if you don't allow them to be elevated to a level of importance where, you know, they stand for more than they actually do, that's a really good place to start. Practically, I would just, rather than going through all the review websites and every single option of leather shoes for children, you could lose a day of your life doing that. Give yourself, um, you know, either a period of time, a set period of time, maybe 30 minutes or a limit to the number of review websites or, you know, purchasing websites that you can visit, maybe three websites, 30 minutes, do your best to find what you need to find in that time and then just hit purchase and let go of the the guilt or the what ifs or the maybe I could have found, you know, because you would you will turn yourself inside out. I do I really do understand the the anxiety part of it because you know, we don't want to buy crap that then wears out after three months and it ends up in landfill. We we don't want that to happen. And I think another part of slowing down and simplifying is you start to become more aware of the impact of our purchases on the environment. So I get it, but just do your best. Look after the things that you do buy. If things, if, you know, if you spend $100 on a pair of shoes and they break down in two months, go back to the manufacturer let them know. Sure, there's warranty issues. There. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. but so, but don't let it become an issue that's bigger than than it deserves to be. Putting my minimalist hat on, we've had the same thing recently regarding your hand luggage when we when we go to the US and Canada. Yes. So, what what we're experiencing at the moment is Brooke needed just a carry on bag, but then we were saying, well, the carry on bag also needs to be be um be able to be used on the ski hill for you to have you know a stuff snow, yeah. you know like a backpack snow, a decent snowboarding backpack snow, snowboarding backpack um for our photography equipment and you know all the stuff that you have when you've got kids so we deliberated for ages on it didn't it's we ridiculous like, which we never do like, we've never done it before and so we, we, we were trying to like we were trying to put pegs in as many holes as possible. Like, we could use it for this. We can use it for this. Then we get back home, we can use it. Do you know what I mean? Like, we were actually trying to work out this, what was the best option. Which, to a certain point, is good. I agree. Yeah, yeah. but then you're like, okay, well, we figured it out it far. needs to be a backpack it went and it needs far. to be sturdy. Yes. That's that's it. Yeah. Like, that's it. You There are many options for a sturdy backpack. Uh, and I think similarly with shoes or, you know, whatever else we're talking. The other thing to keep in mind is if you're really worried about it, look secondhand as well. Yeah. Secondhand is definitely something that you could dig into, particularly for things like um, quality kids wear because kids grow out of things so quickly. Often people try and sell them or they pass them on. Um, and, you know, they might there might be a whole other child's worth of wear left in those things and then you don't need to worry about adding right. to – you know, the footprint of buying new all the time. So that's definitely something that can help. And I've bought things for the kids on eBay quite a few times. Um, But again, that can then become this search for the perfect thing that you need. So I think overarching is perspective. Don't let it become a bigger issue than it needs to be. 
I liken it to bartering in Thailand. You okay. know, there's this weird sort of segue, but you know when you go and try and get a, a bargain? I remember when we were like backpacking like years and years and years ago when you're like, you know, pay this for a you know, drink or whatever and like, oh, no, 10, 10 baht, no, 20 baht. And it went back and forth and you're really like, you're only bartering for like 30 cents. 30 cents. It's ridiculous. So you're right. Um, perspective is everything. When you're, when you're thinking about I think so. Things. Yeah. Just put things in the box, that, the size box that they deserve. Deserve. The next question comes from Typhane via the Facebook. Is, was it on the Slow, slow, slow Your Home? Yeah, on the Slow Home, uh, slow your home Facebook page. Facebook page? She sent me a message though, so it's not actually Okay, so this was a... And I apologise if I get if your name's wrong. Typhane, Ty, yeah. Um, I love that you're... She asked, I love that you're trying a new experiment every month. So she's referring to the Monday Pogpasts where we've just started uh, a, a new series on monthly experiments. First one is No Sugar, which we've been going for almost a month. Nearly there. Nearly there. Um, she says that it looks like something that could be better for me who tries to change everything at once. But I have a question... Will you keep doing these experiments for good, like for more than a month? Let's say you quit sugar this month. The next month you'll try to be off your screen for 12 hours per day. Will you stay away from sugar for the following months, etc., etc.? In her case, she says, I'd like to have a better nutrition, not just for one month, but permanently. And I'd like to maintain, sorry, she'd like to maintain being in bed by 10 p.m. and off the screen 30 minutes before. So she's talking about... Uh, 12 hour screens um so she'd just like to keep a good routine at the gym draw more etc while working full time but all of these ideas together are overwhelming and she's curious to hear from us about how we're looking at these experiments essentially whether or not we're going to continue these experiments after the month post the month yeah yeah and it's a good it's another good question because when you look at making all of these changes particularly if you list them down and say these are these are all the changes that I want to make, thinking about doing them all at once is really overwhelming. And that's actually part of the reason why we decided to do the experiments with just one change per month because making a, a, you know, a big number of changes in a short period of time is it's just asking for failure, to it's be honest. It's caught us out, hasn't it? Yes, it has, which I'm going to talk about in a sec. So my short answer is it depends on the experiment as to whether or not we continue it, basically. It really does depend. Some I can say for certain that we will. Others almost certainly not. not. Uh, there are going to be experiments that we, we do for the month that we enjoy, that benefit us, that fit in with the kind of life that we're trying to, to lead, and we will continue those, at least in some capacity, maybe a modified capacity, but they will become part of you know our day-to-day then there will be other experiments that are really difficult for us to, to work through yeah. uh, for a whole host of reasons. They just might not fit with, you know, our lifestyle or the way we work or whatever it is. So slightly longer answer. Um, again, it does depend. I think for me, and we have spoken about it a bit on our Monday shows, the sugar change will, will stay for me. I'm certainly not going to be talking about it as much or um, making it a, a, an issue, but there's changes that I've made that have been so simple and so beneficial that there is no reason for me to go back on them. 
to go, you know, to go back to eating eating some of the foods that I was eating before. So that will stay. I'm going to probably modify it and be much more about moderation. You know, if we have a birthday or something like that, I'm not going to freak out about having a piece of cake or some dessert, but typically it's going to, to stay. I agree. I'm the same. The, the sugar will be a permanent change. I'm not going to say no sugar. I'm going to say less sugar. Sugar light. Probably like 50% less sugar, I reckon, on average w- with my diet. Purely, f- well, for a couple of reasons, vanity. The amount of people that have said how well I look. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So that's enough for me. And it was a really easy change because I don't, I don't crave sugar. When I crave foods, it's it's savory food. So it's it's it sounds weird, but it's not actually a big deal for me, really. So that definitely will be a permanent change. I think you're you're right in in it, it's it can get so overwhelming. Yeah. So we we tried to make a lot of changes all at the same time yeah. in February, yep. uh, January slash February. Um, we started our company. So that's a huge change. That was a huge change. Oh, enormous change. So there was that. Then that alone would be enough to throw everything else out. But then we decided we wanted to do yoga every morning. So we got up for like a good two or three weeks every morning. Three weeks every morning. And we'd get up at 5.30. I would do my journaling for 15 minutes and then we'd do half an hour of yoga and end with meditation. And on top of that, we stopped drinking alcohol. Yep. And on top of that, we stopped eating sugar, any processed sugar. Yep. So they're like five big changes, some bigger than others, but they're all habits that we were trying to change. And we tried to do them all at once. And within three weeks, the yoga had dropped off. Uh, the journaling had dropped off. The other three stuck around. But, um, you know, I, I think it was really interesting to see that our willpower – after the first couple of weeks of novelty, our willpower kind of got tired. And there is a school of thought that says that you need to focus on making one or two changes at a time. Yeah. Then wait until those changes become your new normal. And then then you can you know in, introduce a new change. And I think that's really the way we're going to approach it. So for me, the sugar thing just feels normal now. It doesn't feel like a thing that I'm doing. No. No. I am really looking forward to having a drink. But yep. um, the sugar thing will will just kind of continue on into our normal. Like it, it's our new normal. And we have chosen the word experiment specifically because it is, it's a test. It's a, it's a trial. It's a tentative approach to something that could be adopted on, on a more permanent basis. Yeah. That's the whole reason why we, we, we specifically worded an experiment. Yeah. So... That's the way we're approaching it and uh, that we will continue to approach it in the same way. We will, however, on reviewing on the last week of of the experiment, I think we'll both talk about whether we liked it, whether we will adopt it, whether we – do you know what I mean? We'll, yeah. It'll be a very frank conversation about whether we'll keep going the day after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you're, you're, you're right. Uh, the experiment idea is – very much about trying and not taking it too seriously no. either. You know, no. it's just fun to try new things. And Courtney mm. Carver talks about trying new things a lot when she talks about minimizing and simplifying. She's like, just try it. Just yep. try something. And particularly if, if the risk is very low, 
what have you got to lose? And that's that's sort of our approach. It suits your personality a lot, these experiments, because you love change. I, I do. So do you know what I mean? Like that we're changing something every month, so it's sort of... <laughs> that's true. You know, you, you, you're, you're ticking that box of your need yep. for change. So I'm not looking around for enormous changes to make, like let's sell our house and go and live in a tent. Exactly. I'm just going a bit smaller. Exactly. <laughs> Must be exhausting being married to me. Um, that's one word in a, in a few. Um, <laughs> but we don't really have the time to, to talk about that. No, I don't have the inclination really to no. listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for the day, for the episode. Great. So um hope you guys have enjoyed the episode 50 podcast. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to the Slow Home Podcast. If you want to hear more from Brooke, why don't you check out Let It Be, where she talks uh, about, I suppose they're, they're sort of experiments, aren't they? No. no. That's the, I'm confusing it with Straight and Curly, you another are. Jackrabbit FM podcast. Now, Kelly and I, in Let It Be, Kelly and I, um, the, the overall theme is talking about a life with more being and less doing but each episode we talk about a specific topic so yeah check those out if you are inclined that way um if you want more experiments then then check out uh, straight and curly where carly jacobs and kelly exeter talk about sort of they basically are talking about the stuff that we're doing really yeah, they're, they're looking of, at life hacks and yeah. little changes that can help your productivity and uh, your overall kind of health and wellness. And every week they talk about a life hack or a change that, that they've made or that they've tried and hated or, yeah. Mm. It's, it's great. It's a really cool insight into different ways of working and thinking and living and trying things. Thank you for talking to me, Benjamin. Thank you, Brookster. It's been good. It has. Hope you guys have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. Gotcha. This has been another episode of the Slow Home Podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe via iTunes and leave us a rating or a review. Thanks for listening. Jack Rabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, podcast.